on this uh, 21st anniversary of uh, 9-11, um, we want to pray, and I want to just begin kind of this next portion of our service with prayer. Uh, in our staff kind of check-in on Sunday mornings, and here just a few minutes ago, um, was reminded there's a young man named Brady who needs our prayers today. Um, there's a young lady who was baptized here in our church a couple years ago. She texted us this, but his name's Brady. He was in a serious motorcycle accident yesterday and was life-flighted to Cleveland, and they're requesting prayer. So let's just, let's just pause and pray right now. Father, we just take a moment to come before you. Today we're going to be talking about pain and suffering. And the effects of sin in this world. God, whether it be 9-11 and the people that are still being affected by that today. God, whether it's Brady, who's had this terrible motorcycle accident, God, we, we want to lift them up to you and just pray for your healing touch and that, God, you would just be um, just everything to them in these moments, their family, their friends. God, we ask that you would do what only you can do, bring strength, bring comfort, and we lift this up in Jesus' name, amen. If you would continue to pray for Brady today, that would be, I know, very much appreciated. Today, we have a very special guest preacher. Uh, his name is Dr. Peter Ignatius. He is from the country of India where he serves as the president of Lakeview Bible College and Seminary. Uh, Lakeview is located in Chennai, and I'd encourage you to get on your map today and maybe find Chennai on the map, um, but it is in southern India. A few of us here at OCC have traveled to Lakeview uh, to see and be a part of the work there, and we can definitely attest to the mighty work that God is doing in and through Peter and his wife, Kathy, who is also with him today, along with uh, their faculty and staff. We are privileged here at OCC to partner with Lakeview uh, in other missions around the world as we try to take the good news about Jesus, uh, where it has not been heard and even where it has been heard that people might come to know him. And so um, I want us to put our hands together now. I want us to give a warm OCC welcome to Peter Ignatius as he comes to share. Thank you, thank you very much. Three times a charm. It's okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, good morning, OCC. Thank you, John, for that warm welcome. And it's good to be here after three years. Uh, 
9-11, we remember today, 21 years ago, the horrible tragedy that killed almost 3,000 people just that day. Millions still suffering the effects of that horrible event. COVID hit three years ago, and we're still feeling the effects of COVID. And we're just so grateful that we could travel. Uh, my wife, Kathy, was diagnosed with breast cancer, fourth stage in 2020. But praise God, uh, she is cancer-free now for the last one year. God is good. He's good all the time. Sometimes whether we can figure how or not. And, you know, we were a little nervous about making this trip over after three years, wondering how Kathy will handle the travel. But I tell you, God was with us every step of the way, even with the lost bags and everything else. You know? <laughs> but uh, here we are, glad to be here. And I think, uh, John, the time has come to uh, bring a team over again. <laughs> you know, everything stopped since 2020, uh, since 2019, actually. And so I think it's time for us to reconnect. And it's good to be here this morning. Uh, like I say, it's a shortened trip that we have here in the U.S. because it's kind of usually uh, out of time. We typically, typically come in the months of April, May, and June. But, uh, you know, visas and the backlog and just the immigration and COVID and everything. I mean, life has changed forever. Nothing's been the same since uh, February or March 2020. But, you know, our hope is in the Lord the maker of heaven and earth, and he is still God. And like that video so powerfully reminded us, when we can't make sense of what has happened, continues to happen, and definitely will happen, and lots worse things, I think, are going to be happening, we have our confidence in our unchangeable, unshakable God. And because he is unchangeable and unshakable, we take that on as we walk with him. And so, title this message, Reconciling 9-11, can't pretend that we can really reconcile what happened and what continues to happen. But just to say, what happened on that day has changed the world forever. We still feel the reverberations. Nations have changed. Uh, countries have divided. Uh, there's battles, there's wars, communities have come up against one another. In India, we face this very acutely because, you know, we've got a pretty large a Muslim minority in India. And so something like 9-11 has created a backlash against the Muslims, and then they're not taking things easy, so they're hitting back. And so we are used to every day on TV, in the newspapers, to hear of uh, another attack, a bomb, or uh, someone murdered, someone shot to death, either because they were Muslim or not Muslim. I mean, it's so crazy, you can't even begin to figure out who's standing where and who's for whom and who's against whom anymore. A friend five years ago, becomes your enemy because of something that happened in Saudi Arabia. That's the way the world has become. And so even as we wrestle with the conflicts that 9-11 brought, it, it's part of a bigger picture. One horrible event 21 years ago, which we remember today, is part of a bigger picture of evil in the world. 
How did it all start? Why does it continue? And where is God in this mess? I think all of us have felt that question come to us, and we try and process it. I'm not sure we do it very well. And then we just say, well, I don't know, just got to go on, I guess. The problem we face by way of introduction to this message is what we call the problem of pain. The evil in the world, which began one day long ago, soon after creation, that evil set into motion a whole lot of issues. Just like we say 9-11 happened 21 years ago, we still feel the effects. Think of the 40,000 people and more who still feel the effects, physical, emotional, spiritual, social, from 9-11. Just like that. Adam and Eve broke the law of God, and we still feel the effects today. Pain is a reality. The evil that began expresses itself through turmoil, alienation, separation, struggle, disease, death. All of it started, and it continues. It's all around us. And you know the crazy thing is, everyone experiences it. It doesn't matter if you're old or young, or rich or poor, educated or not educated, smart or dumb. Pain hits us all. Everyone experiences it. And you know, even as we accept that and we say, you know what, no matter where you live, whether you're in America or China or Australia or England or Africa, everyone knows pain. Everyone experiences pain and it doesn't look like it's going away or getting less. Wouldn't you agree that things have actually become worse? Sometimes I wonder if it's the media that always is blowing up things, you know. We have this breaking news. Everything's breaking news. And it's always some kind of new shock. I don't know whether we've just gotten dull to the whole thing. But everything seems to be worse. Remember the days when we used to hear of floods and flooding? And it'll usually typically be in some faraway place in Africa or India or, you know, somewhere in South America and Brazil or something. The river banks overflowed and, you know, they flooded. Today, London floods, Paris floods, wildfires in every continent. And so we say, you know what? It looks like everything is worse. Everything is getting worse. And there is a huge mystery in all this. How did this start? And you know, let's be honest, we can't explain it logically. We can't really make sense of why did this particular thing happen to that particular person. He was good. He was a good man. He was only helping other people. And you know what? Someone took his life. What a shock. What a surprise. You know, she was there busy, busy helping others in that orphanage. She was sacrificing her life. And somebody came and raped her. Of all the people, why her? Think of those kids. There's going to be no one to come and help them. Pain is a mystery. Why do the good suffer and the evil prosper? Look at the world. Some of the most wicked rulers are the ones having the best time in their lives. And those who are trying so hard to be good, they get hit. Solomon, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he faced this crisis. And here was a rich man, a king, very wise man, 
But you know, his wisdom just ran short when he hit pain. And he says there, in, if he, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 15, he says, in this meaningless life of mine, I have seen both of these. The righteous perishing in their righteousness, while the wicked living long in their wickedness. Something's not right. If we want to correct something, we'd say, you know what? Finish that wicked fellow off. And let the righteous live on. But what Solomon faced was the exact opposite. The righteous dying in their righteousness. They're not doing anything wrong and they're still getting hit. And the wicked seem to be doing wonderfully well. We can't trace the origins of pain. We can't understand the process of pain. We don't know why evil thrives even when people are good. We don't know the cause and the effects. We try to. Something about the human mind says, you know what, I've got to try and figure this out. And if you're like me, I always got to find the solution. <laughs> you know, whether it's a little problem, how did this happen? And if we can understand how it happened, you can stop it from happening again, right? Wrong. You can try and understand it, and you think you can fix it, and the thing comes at you in a completely different, from a completely different direction. Why? I don't know. That is the mystery. In the Gospel of John, the disciples of Jesus had a kind of a question. And they came across a man who was born blind, and so they turned to Jesus and said, Rabbi, uh, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, every time I read this, I think, did they believe in reincarnation? I mean, the man's born blind, so who sinned? Oh, he must have sinned in his previous life. And that's why he's born blind. And you know, Jesus cuts to the quick and he says, you know, it's not about he sinned or his parents sinned. This is so that the glory of God can be revealed. What Jesus was saying in effect is, you know, don't trouble your mind about the cause of this or the origin of this. It's there. We've got to deal with it. And let's move on from here. You know, when we look at life, there's so many things that we want to try and figure out with evil and pain and why these bad things keep happening to me, to us, to the ones we love. And we have to be honest. Uh, we usually can't get the answer to those questions. We can't figure it out. And the only hope, right at the beginning of the message, I'd like to tell you, the only hope we have to the evil in the world and to the pain in our own lives is we've got this fantastic promise in the Old Testament. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. And you know, sometimes when you go through a lot of pain, you don't want explanations. You don't want people to try and come and tell you it's going to get better because it never does really. Just to come and be with me. Just walk with me through this. Just put your arm around me, and that's all we need. And that's where our God steps in and says, He can help us reconcile not just 9-11, but then all of our lives today and as we continue to face the future. So let's look at some verses in the book of Romans, chapter 8, which puts this all together. And the first point I want to say is, creation tastes our pain. Creation tastes our pain. Yes, in some mysterious way, listen to these words in Romans chapter 8, verse 22. 
we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And why is the creation? I thought the creation was lifeless. I mean, how do mountains and rivers and valleys and fields, how are they groaning? And you know, this word groan, it's an interesting word. It comes three times in the book of Romans in just a matter of five verses. In verse 22 of chapter 8, 23 of 8, and 26, Paul uses this word groan three times. And you know, when I hear the word groan, I think of deep anguish. You know, suffering in the pit of my stomach, groaning, feeling pain so deeply, maybe nobody else can understand or identify with me, waiting to be free of this, waiting to come out of this. It's agonizing, it's painful. And that's the word Paul uses for what creation is experiencing. The pain of childbirth. But the not so easy thing to swallow is this. It's human beings who began the process of creation's pain. Our sin caused the pain. Our sin causes the pain. Our sin began the pain. Go back to Genesis 3. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And God comes in and says, you know something? What you've done is going to change the world forever. And one of the things that would change is creation. The created order was shaken forever. And so God comes to Adam and Eve and says, among all the uh, consequences of their sin, here's one. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. I don't know how the world is paying the price for my sin. And even today, what I do has a kind of a ripple effect in the lives of others around me. Sometimes I can't figure out. I think I can kind of control myself, and if I can get close to God, maybe I can change the way I react to situations. Maybe I can reduce the problems and the sufferings and the pain in my world. But I can't do anything about what other people cause. So someone else comes along, and I can try and take care of my family the best I can and save them from pain, but then someone else comes and causes an accident. He drinks, he drives, and knocks my son off. We prayed for Brady. Somebody caused the pain. Can we get to the bottom of this? I don't think so. What happened? Why did this guy go so fast that he came over this bend? And what was he thinking at the time? Let's be honest. We can't really reconcile this. We can't really understand it. We can't put this together and say, this is why it happened. We don't. Creation groans from this frustration and inadequacy. I don't know why this is happening. I can't figure it out. And I don't know what to do about it. And that's the frustration. And I can't believe this. It's a mystery. Creation is experiencing this. I, mean, I know as a human being, you know, I go through, why is this happening? I wish I could find the answer. And I think that would make me rest a little bit. If I just knew the cause of this, you know, we can come to some closure. I try to do that. I, creation is doing the same thing. 
the world is trying to understand why this is happening and groaning from frustration and inadequacy. So Paul writes in the 20th verse of Romans 8, but the whole creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but the choice of the one who subjected it, that was God. God has frustrated creation. God has put this pain into creation. And you know, I think, my God, I thought you loved the world. I thought you wanted to take away the pain. This is a huge mystery of why God brings pain in his punishment of Adam and Eve, and the whole creation feels it. But you know, that's not the end of the story. Creation feels our pain. And the reason for this pain is separation. And you know, here is the, the truth. The essence of sin, the essence of disalignment with God is separation. Sin means separation. And you know, it's separation that causes all the pain in our life. Think of a divorce. When a couple divorces, there's pain. Pain for them, pain for the children, pain for the rest of the family, pain for a whole lot of people around them. When death hits, what is death after all? It is a separation. We call it the ultimate pain and the ultimate separation on earth. How does that pain come? It's a separation. So if you really look at every pain that a human being faces, it's because of some form of separation. And that's why God says, you know, you've got to come back together, come back to God, come back to being united with God, and then that will have an effect even in our relationships, the separation relationships that we feel. We know our pain because everyone around us feels it. We call this social pain and personal pain. We cannot explain. I cannot explain my personal pain. And that's why sometimes, you know, people become very silent when they're in pain. And the reason is they can't find the words to express it. They can't find the thoughts that will make them feel okay. It's kind of confusion. And so just because a person is very quiet in their pain, it doesn't mean that they're okay. They may be feeling something so deeply that they can't even express it. The 9-11 crisis, 21 years ago today, the effects continue, we can't explain them, and we just watch and wonder, will this ever end? Think of the people who suffered on that day. Some people injured, especially the ones at the Pentagon, they, in, they were, a lot of people were injured they probably still feel, feel that physical pain. But there's pain in the rest of the world because the 9-11 set off a chain of events that keeps causing people pain around the world today. And sometimes they are very far away from us. I mean, I look at what happened. I remember the day very vividly when we saw those twin towers come down. You remember? And we couldn't believe it. Who could be so evil to do a thing like this? And the evil didn't stop. It created reaction after reaction so that many nations in the world are in pain today because of what happened on 9-11-2001. What this is telling us is that crisis gives us an opportunity for what we call Christian missions because 
what we're trying to do in missionary work is reconnecting people to God with the hope and faith that that will lead to reconnection between people. Because when we get back to God, we get the power, we get the perspective, we get the insight, we get the wisdom of how to reconnect people. I've seen so many marriages heal when both the couple got reconnected to God. Because you know, something happens. When I reconnect to God, I start looking at people differently. And when we are involved in mission work in India, it's crazy. We just met a gal after the second service. I mean, this is crazy. Someone from Orville, her name's Karen, didn't get her last name. Kathy's got name, address, phone number, email. She's leaving for Chennai tomorrow. She's leaving for India tomorrow. And I said, uh, what are you doing there? Oh, it's part of my work. So she's going to be there two weeks. She's been there before. And she said, you know something? That is a crazy place. <laughs> I said, yeah, tell me about it. And so I find that very amusing. You know, when we come to America where things are relatively more peaceful and quiet, you know? And then people say, you know something? You shouldn't be so narrow. All the religions have truth in them and they're all leading to God. Oh, you know, it's very hard for me. I'll have to say, I'll confess my sin to you. I say, I just want to punch them. <laughs> because I want to tell them, you don't know anything. You don't know what you're talking about. You want to see pain? You want to see people separated from God? Come visit us in India. You see the harsh reality of people who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There's no hope. There's nothing to live for. There's just a kind of a scrambling to live and exist and survive. That's all it is. Don't talk joy. Don't talk hope. Don't, don't talk peace. Don't talk love. You know, when you say these things, and this is personal experience, you talk to people and you say, you know, Jesus can give you love and peace. You know, those words don't mean anything to people who've been in so much pain and so much separation from God. 9-11 has done that. But Christian missions is God's way of setting it right. And dear friends, I want to tell you this good news. When Jesus came, he came to make us right with God. But he did something else even more amazing. He invested in you and in me the power to make people right with God. And eventually to make the world right with God. He has given us the power to restore creation. So as much as we say the sin of man caused the separation and the groaning in creation, the work of God through Jesus Christ has given us human beings who created the pain in the beginning to bring restoration, to bring healing, to bring realignment, to bring reconnection with God. We know our pain but we also know the solution, which leads us to our final point. God understands our pain. Oh, this is probably the most important and the deepest part of our Christian faith. My God knows my pain. The Old Testament, they had glimpses of this. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil, you are with me. So they kind of knew, yeah, God is with us jumped into the New Testament, jumped to Jesus, and then the giving of the Holy Spirit, and you read these fantastic words. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Creation groans, 
We groan in our pain. And here's the good news. God is groaning with you in your pain. That's good news. My God feels it. Like we heard at the communion meditation, we have a high priest who is not untouched by our pain and our weakness and our struggle and our suffering, but one who was tempted and tested in every way like us, yet without sin. So he understands the pain. He also knows the way out. And that's what Jesus came to do. So when you look at the incarnation, when you think of that baby born in a manger, what you're seeing is separation. Yeah, we say the good news, God so loved the world. But for God to love the world, God had to be separated. The father and son had to be ripped apart. And God comes down and he comes, becomes a man. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He went through everything that we go through. All the limitations, all the inadequacies, all the pain of sin. And that's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, he became our sin offering because he tasted our sin. He experienced our sin. He understands our sin and he understands our pain. God in Jesus got separated in himself. Here's another mystery I don't pretend I can understand. Jesus is God. The Father is God. They seem to be together, they have one purpose, but then there's also this separation. And then when we take a look at the cross, we hear these words, these agonizing words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Of all the people in the world whom I thought would stand by me, you now turn your face away from me. I don't understand that, that verse. I mean, it's, it's been there since Psalm 22. And then it is repeated by Jesus on the cross. And I think theologians are still trying to figure out how on earth can father and son be separated. How do you divide God? I don't know. But God did something there. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And every time we take the communion, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about having the opportunity to have the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day is this. When we take that piece of bread... We are talking about God's groaning for us. God loved us, and that love made him groan at our pain and our suffering and our sin. And then he decided, you know what? I'm going to go and groan with them, take their sin on myself so that they can really taste my love. The one who was separated becomes our savior. Apostle Paul again to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, said, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It's hard for us to reconcile 9-11, but we have this good news for the world today. You know what? All the things we can't reconcile because they just can't seem to come together in our minds and in our hearts and in our lives, I praise God that there's one thing that God has reconciled me to himself. And you know what? That step that he has taken has made me realize, God, if you took that pain to reconcile me to yourself, I'm going to let my life go in your hands. You can make sense of what's happening to me. You'll take care of me. This is the uniqueness of Christianity. Like I said, we get tired of hearing people say that all the roads lead to Rome. Come visit India, you'll realize Hinduism doesn't lead to Rome. <laughs> it doesn't lead to heaven. Uh, people are still broken. 
They have no hope. They don't know joy. They don't know peace. Jesus is the one who brings us back to God because in Jesus, God came near. And you know what? He didn't come near to leave again. He came near to be with us forever. And so we have a chance to move forward. As we reconcile, we try to reconcile, we try to process, we try to understand the evil that's happened in the world, we can say it's time to move forward. And we have this glorious verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. For we know that in all things, God works together for the good, for those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. It's kind of like Paul is wrapping up all that he said from verse 20 with 28. So, okay, there's a whole lot of things you can't figure out, can't make sense with. You look to the future, it does not look so bright. But something we know, God has a million ways to work things out for our good. I take one little example. Think of someone working in an orphanage, taking care of a, of a young kid. Because of Jesus, and because of the pain that Jesus went through, someone had the heart to go and serve those kids. And you reach out to them, and that child knows love. That child knows giving. That child knows sacrifice that child can know God because of someone doing something like this. And so in a mysterious and amazing way, and I call it a million ways, God can bring good even from the pain in our life. And you know, that's what he's expert in. He can work through your pain. You can become much more sensitive to people's suffering and people's deprivation and people's loss and people's struggle and people's poverty and people's know Jesus. They don't know who Jesus is. You can be a part of healing them, bringing them back to God, reconciling them to God. You continue the work of Jesus. That's what we are doing. That's what we can do together is bring the world back to Jesus, break the separation, join them back together. So even as we grieve with the pain in our life, the good news is we grieve with hope because we've got a God who's working everything out even if I can't figure it out. Because one day we're going to leave all this behind us and that's the day we are looking for. That's the ultimate hope. That's the eternal hope when God comes and says, I am going to make everything new. That's what we are groaning for. We are groaning for the new bodies. We are groaning for the new heaven. We are groaning for the new earth. The creation is groaning for the new earth. And I tell you more than anyone else, the Holy Spirit is groaning to see that new heaven and new earth. And so we have the promise at the end of the Bible in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1, and then 4 and 5. Apostle John has this amazing vision. I looked and saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and earth had passed away. And then this is what happens in this new heaven and new earth. Pain is no more. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God knows our pain. God knows your pain. God knows your tears. And he's planning that day when he'll wipe them all away. He'll be the one to wipe it away. There will be no more death. The ultimate separation. No mourning. No crying. No pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And here's the good news. God sits on the throne. The one who's seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. 
That's good news. That's hope for today and tomorrow. And for anyone who looks at their life and says, you know what, I don't know if I can make any sense of this mess. Stuff has happened to me. I've done stuff. It's horrible. I don't feel this power, the joy, this peace or this love. The future doesn't look good for me. Hang on. Jesus has it all together. He says, I'm here to make everything new. And here's our opportunity. If we want to say, Lord, the old stinks. I want something new. And he's there for you. Can we pray together? Oh, Lord, we thank you that the end of the story is a beautiful one. The new heaven, the new earth, no more crying, no more pain, because you and Lord, we love this, Lord. You, our God, will come and wipe away every tear from our eyes. All the unreconciled parts of my life. All the things I can't make sense about. All the stuff that's happening in this world that makes no sense. You will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Thank you, Lord, for being there for us. And for anyone who needs your special touch, we bring them to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.